if I am a child of the Most High, I must possess the characteristics of the divine. Mm -hmm. That's true. Anything outside of that has to be false. Mm. A, A dog cannot be a rabbit. I'm your host, Dr. Joan. This week, we are talking with Robert Lee Pruitt. I struggle with that ego. I tell you, even in my dreams, I struggle with that ego. I I go to sleep at at night and I say, Father, I want to meet you in my dreams. And I want you to share with me the things that I need to know about me, the things that I need to know about this moment and, you know, all of those things. And then I have these dreams that uh, shock and perplex me. So even last night, I have this dream Um, I think I'm in a house somewhere, but it's in the middle of a field. And then all of a sudden, at one point in the dream, I can't even make sense of it. uh, The front porch turns into like a jail cell with literal bars like going around the front porch. And I am placed there on the porch. The door is closed. And then all of a sudden, there are these monsters clawing at me through the bars. And so I am put in a position where they can't harm me, but they can certainly touch me or be very present to me. And I, I get up and I get, I have this conversation with my subconscious mind and I'm like, listen, (laughs) I want to sleep through the night. And and like, what kind of thing is this? And then I shift the conversation immediately because I'm like, okay what is this image that is being shown to me? It's not meant to make me fearful. It's meant to show me something. So what is it meant to show me? So at that point, I go back into the dream. (laughs) And I, and I go, I go back into the dream with an intention. It's dark. It's in the middle of this field. I am on this porch and there are bars and I recognize something. I can turn on the light. I can be the light. And that's what I do. I turn on the light and the light is so bright, like no one shows up. (laughs) Right. And then I I wake up this morning with this sense of like, you know, just awareness that the things we interpret as fearful, the things that we interpret um, as dramatic and catastrophic and all of these other things, they're just one step away from like turning on this powerful light that makes you very much aware. Like I be the light right now. I am the light right now. So that right there is what I mean in my personal experience, metaphorically turning on the light is being who I am at my highest. And even in listening to what you said, in the moment where you turned it on, there was no conversation. Right. There was a lack of clarity. Right. That's and that's not a getting there. Right. And earlier in one of the earlier segments you were sharing, it's the acceptance of who we are. And you talked about, you know, whether it's an ascension. It's it's the it's me choosing to accept that I am light. Yes. That I am love. That's it. So if we go back to the two primary emotions, it's not that I am 
fear. I can say I am experiencing fear. Yes. Who I am and what I'm experiencing are two fundamentally different things. I can only... So one of the things I, I say to people that has been clarifier for me, as a matter of fact, I shared it with my sons years ago and then said, you know, y'all do your own work. Please don't let your daddy mess your life up. I'm just sharing <laughs> where I am, right? You don't go to therapy and be complaining about me. I said, so if 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 two snakes mate, right, they have an offshoot. That's a snake. And that baby snake has the characteristics of the parents. Well, two dogs mate, their puppy has the characteristics, two wolves, right? Like we can keep going. Yes. So if I if I'm a child of the most high, I must possess the characteristics of the divine. Mm-hmm. That's true. Anything outside of that has to be false. Mm-hmm. A, a dog cannot be a rabbit. It can pretend to be one, but then we would look at that and go, well, that's falsehood. But then when it comes to us, we want to go, okay, well, let's go back to the first question, Pruitt asked, whose am I? Right. So if you go back to the experience of you know being sexually molested, you go back to feeling embarrassed because I was dancing on a table doing Michael Jackson and got beat up the hallway and told to stay in school all freaking day long. Uh, trauma, experiencing colorectal cancer at 17. Like if all of these things are ta- taking place and taking shape and I'm believing that I am my results <laughs> and that I am my body, yeah, then I've moved away from who I am as true. And you ask why we don't hold on to it, because at some point in time, the little boy that jumped off a lap and said light, right? The same little kid who, I think my parents said I was three, we were driving in a car and we were passing a cemetery and I was looking out the window. I said, oh, look at all the people. And they looked, saw it was a cemetery, but there were no physical people. It wasn't like they were burying anybody. They didn't have a procession. or So they were like, uh, this dude seeing, well, if everything's energy, we're able to see to the degree that we're open and available to see, just right. like on the radio. If That's you right. drive by me and you're listening to smooth jazz and I want to hear what you're doing, what do I do? I tune into that frequency, even if it's serious accent. If I have it, I can, what station? Oh, 99. Okay, great. And I tune into 99. But if I'm on 66, I'm never going to hear your smooth jazz because I'm not on the same frequency. Right. So, so, so yes. That, for me, it's, it's a frequency. I turn the dial. And said, this is my station of preference. And I come here, even though I want to listen to smooth jazz, but it's hip hop. And I'm not mad at hip hop. And I love, especially old school Eric B and Rakim and some of the, right, and the funky four and the plus and four and more. You got, right. So if I'm not in the mood for hip hop, but I'm listening to it, but I'm eagerly desiring, as you said, desire, or I want to be in the vibration of smooth jazz, there's a choice to make. But do I trust myself to turn the dot? And yeah. I think all it is is tuning into the frequency that already exists, not trying to find out how to get the frequency. I love it. We're going to take a break for a moment now as we go into our next segment on healing. So stay tuned. Some of us want to forgive and yet we don't know how. And in 2021, I created the ultimate forgiveness journal. It's called Forgive, Master the Art of Letting Go. So if you're choosing to begin your healing journey, I want you to think about picking up a copy of this particular book. It's available on our website at theartoflettinggo.ca. 
According to Robert, the love he holds for himself is extended to and mirrored back by the world. Mastering the ability to love unconditionally is a wonderful journey as it brings up everything unlike love for awareness and or healing and impacts every aspect of life. We asked Robert to tell us his why, and this is what he had to say. What excites me to get out of bed is knowing there exists an opportunity to share my gifts in some unique and profoundly supportive ways. The uniqueness of my story is embedded in the interplay between the highs expressing self-love and knowing who I am and the lows expressing fear and forgetting, hiding, and even running from the truth. What I add to the tapestry is my connection to individuals and organizations that serve the diaspora and specifically my connection as the son of the 103rd bishop in the African Methodist Episcopal, Episcopal, Church, yeah. Episcopal Church and its global impact. Sorry for messing that last part mm -hmm. up. I love your why. I love how you talk about those moments that traumatize, that take us away from being who we are and center us into a place of protection, self-protection largely, because that's really what the ego is all about. It's protecting us. And it's created a story about what has caused us pain in the first place. And then struggling to ensure that we avoid any of any circumstance that looks similar. So it puts up walls, it creates certain boundaries, it opens in certain places, but then it closes off in others. So your journey is a blend of the highs and the lows, the ego and the being and all of those things. Can you share with us a pivotal moment when you realize that these contrasting experiences were an essential part of the healing process? Yeah. Thank you. My father just spoke. So he's like, tell him this. It was when uh, in, in 96, my father called saying either I have tuberculosis or cancer. So intuitively, I knew which one it was. Hmm. I remember saying, do you need me now? He's like, no, baby, I'm good. You know, for right now. I said, OK. I, and I believe I said, I'll see you in two days or like, but I made it real clear. I want to be with this, right? Yeah. Like you're not, you're not transitioning now. So, okay, good. And then there was a moment in the hospital, many hospital visits, and it was 92 days from the day <laughs> that he called to the day that he transitioned. Mm. And, and somewhere in there, and I know it's in the book that I wrote, which he said, you got to write this. What he said that stood out the most was I, in all the years, you know, he's a minister. He's, I can't tell you the number of times I was either in the hospital going, okay, can we go now? Yeah, because I'm a little kid. I don't want to be in the hospital or sitting in the car because I knew I didn't want to be in the hospital room and you know, listening to music, waiting for him to come back out. He said, in all the years of me doing this work, I have never seen anybody deal with this kind of upset the way you have. Hmm. And when he said it, it was it you know, because I was in it. Well, that's the wonderful thing about being this. When we're in it, there is no comparison. You understand? Yes. Ego compares. So when I'm in ego, ego compares. But when I'm in love, state of true, authentic beingness, there is no comparison. There's, it just is, right? And so I remember looking at him. He said, "Get, get out your journal and write this down. I got a title for you." Mm. Oh no, my father was 
no joke. That Sagittarius was no joke. He said, watching daddy die. Mm. I said, well, oh, that's a little morbid, ain't it? Like, <laughs> dude, like, like I am, but I'm not. Right. And I remember kind of like you saying, wrestling with that interplay. And I wrestled with the title from an experiential standpoint. So on the book, I cross out die and put a carrot and put live. Yes. You know, and somewhere in there I wrote, you know, in a place where he could have been or continued being selfish, he essentially turned his focus on me. So that's an act of service. And what I'm gleaning and understanding more about this healing journey is the healing journey to wholeness is the ascension of which you spoke. Yeah. But it's not necessarily a do step one, then step two. Right, right. You said, I had a dream. Well, you said an intention, a prayer. Yeah. God, come to me, speak. Uh, uh, now I'm in the cage. Stuff reaching in after the case, and I woke up with like, "What the heck was that?" Then went back into it. Look, turn on the light, right? You know, I know Andy Pentagrass turned turned it off, but you turned yours on, and then you know, all disappeared. Yeah. So I could look at that and say, "Well, look at the step. Step was she prayed. Step was she dreamt. Step was she awakened. Step was she analyzed. You know, gave an analysis, set a new intention, went back into dream. But that's not really her." What occurred was uh, choosing the who I am Mm -hmm. in the midst of the story. Mm -hmm. And so this interplay with Pops, when this awareness came in with the healing was, I must be in a place that is not necessarily, that's both foreign, foreign from the conscious, the human cognizing aspect. Yes. Wants to make sense of what it is I'm seeing myself do or seeing myself be. You understand that rational part? Yes. And and just the whole spiritual piece that we call light. When people say, I can see your light. Like, I can't tell you the number of strangers that come to me in stores and just said, hey, I want to let you know that your light is shining brightly. Yes. Yes. Or I have a message to share with you about your light. And I'm like, what the Okay. So that's what that piece of the story regarding my father's transition bespoke because I went into in those two or three days that I said, ah, give me a couple of days. I grabbed a book and I said, I need to connect to my feelings because in our family, we didn't do that. Mm. So if you go back through all those things that I say from grade school and three years old, nobody ever talked about it. And that was one of the method of pathologies in the family. Something happens and we didn't we didn't gather around to pray in a ministerial household. Okay. And not that prayers weren't a part of the process, but it wasn't a okay, let's get around Robert as he's dealing with cancer, right? Yeah. Like let's all hold hands and kumbaya. We didn't have that any more than we had the how are you feeling and about the experience conversation. So I learned, well, I got to handle this on my own. That's part of the separation. But I left the vocabulary to feeling good, fine, all right, horny, pissed off, angry. And so going through that process, I began to connect to uh, I'm feeling bewildered, Mm. Mm -hmm. feeling enamored. I'm feeling hopeful. Only to recognize that even in playing with the feelings in this season of my life, I'm starting to play less with them and just use them as identifiers that lets me know 
who I'm being in the moment because if what I'm saying is perplexed, bewildered, befuddled, confused, I'm operating from fear. That's all I need to know. Thank you. I take the breath and yes. then wake up, open up, turn on the light. Yes. There is no, I, how do I turn on the light? Sit on the floor, legs crossed, lotus style, hum for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's a methodology that doesn't yeah. predicated on if I do this, so now we're back to do, yes. I'll have this, see? this versus if I be the light, right? So if I can be fearful in a dream and accept that is real and true, then why can't I be light and accept that is equally real true? Because both are predicated on belief in something you can't see. Faith and fear require belief in something that you can't see. 